Hey, Marcus. Yo. You like movies? Yes, I do. This is Zebras in America podcast, a podcast about movies, friendship, seltzer, all all the things between A to Z. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're if you're yeah. in Canada. Yeah. So we haven't been here for a couple of weeks. No, it's been a while. More than. I think yeah, it's been months. It's, we did. We had January. Months. No, no, we we yeah, did. You're right, you're right. I think no, no. I don't think we've met. In, I think our last episode was in December. Mm. Wow, yeah. But now, but now we're back. Yeah. And um, how you been? Uh, I've been doing okay. So it's a weird question to answer, but I'm 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 doing all right though. All right. Yeah. Well, you yeah. said you you said I could ask you how you've been. Yeah, of course. Oh. No, I'm just it's still everyone asks that question. I just don't know how to. But it's a reasonable question. Um, I just don't really have much of an answer. I'm I'm, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I mean that's all yeah. we can. That's all we can ask yeah. for. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean it's not like it's a, for those who follow me. I post on both all forms of social media. Yeah, my uh, my mother passed away uh, back yeah. in January, and prior to that, it was just this long, slow, draining process. Uh, so yeah, since you know, yeah, from Christmas Day up until you know, well, ongoing, it's just been a lot. Yeah, so. and we we were recording at first at first when stuff was going on. Yeah. But then yeah. But then as it got difficult we decided to to take a break sure and for all the people that respected our privacy in that matter because mm. i appreciate it and uh you know sure paulette was a nice woman and, and oh, thank you you know i liked her very much she mm-hmm. was very nice to me and thank you. uh you know she was a good mom and she'll be missing you were a good son and yeah, yeah. um so anyways yeah uh, you know, rest in peace, Paulette. Uh, lots Thank of you. love. Thank you. Um, and yeah, and now we're back, and we we're gonna, you know, part of me sometimes I get like so pissed. I'm like, does anyone even care? You know. Mm-hmm. So like, at first I was like, do we even come back? Does anyone care? Do we even matter? That's where you know, because I get I get existential sometimes. Right. But do you think we matter? Of course. Do you think people miss us? Yeah. I mean, some. Yeah. Some. Yeah. Um, I'm sure like people that like passive aggressive people that make movies about werewolves that no one sees don't care that we're missing but yeah I don't know anything about those folks yeah other than that you know like I hope so yeah. you know um, I'm, you know I, you and I have been hanging out but yeah. we oh, yeah. we just haven't been recording yeah. um, one thing when you were when you were going through it one thing that that we tried to do to you know make sure you're okay and hang out is uh, we go see some, go see some movies. Yeah. So uh, you, me, and M. Tume went to see Cane River. Yeah. A uh, I guess a few weeks ago. Yeah, at at, at MoMA. Yeah, which is a, a a film from 1980. Yeah. Directed by something Jenkins. Yeah. Whose son Sasha Jenkins would go on to co-found Ego Trip. Yeah, that's crazy. And yeah. XXL, he worked for XXL. He didn't co-found. Yeah, I think he started Mass Appeal. Yeah, and is still doing Mass Appeal. Created the White Rapper Show, but that's Created all I'll the, say about that. Well, yeah, Ego Trip, Ego Trip, which did two of my favorite books, The Big Book of Rap. Big Book of Rap was a big. That 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 played a big part of my college uh, thesis on architecture and hip hop. Um, yeah. Oh, and the uh, and the big, big book, book of racism. racism. Both of them are really good. Yeah, they I are. mean, the big book of rap lists is like just 
like very important. It was like I just had never read a book about rap that I hadn't read anything about rap that that got nerdy how like people would get nerdy about other music. Sure. Yeah. Cuz like there's like lots of books about acid rock or yeah. jazz or reggae. Yeah. But there were no book where 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 it was like did you know that Big Pun's first rap name was Big Moon Dog? Yeah. Cuz I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Or like top 10 offensive rap lines like uh you know I remember reading like I never even remember that Red Man said fuck Pat Benatar. Yeah. Or like with the big book of racism I didn't know that Harvey Keitel was Jewish. Not that it has anything to do with racism, but they were talking about like certain people who like, oh, I bet you didn't know this person was this ethnicity or this or that. And then I was like, oh, because Harvey Keitel, a lot of his roles, oh, I thought he was Italian. So, yeah, like a brief history of rap wow, recording me back. that ridicule Orientals. Mm-hmm. Which is, I'm sure, yeah, Ice Cube shows up, obviously. Uh, yeah. yeah um, of course he does. I'm not yeah yeah I'm not gonna read any of these. No no no. No, no but like it, for people that that can't see. Oh, just so for your listening, that was the Oriental line. That's the that that that's he's reading. He's quoting from the book. He's not saying Oriental. Just right. So I, I didn't. I would never call people Orientals. Yeah. I was just um, reading to give you stuff that the book says. Like one, like there's a list. Ten blacks that blacks should be ashamed of, and the real reasons why. Yeah, this uh, oh the R. Kelly one is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Cause, love for yeah. Allah, y'all. Ten reasons black people love God. So God dang much. Um, Gil Adler chooses the top ten international Jewish cons- conspiracies of all time. Uh, yeah. So this book, kind of like in some ways, like is responsible for. Some some of like ironic hipster race stuff, but it was done by people that were really smart. It wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't like some like vice dumb. Like this book was very I, I, smart. Yeah, but I I think it cr- had Shane and Gavin not created Vice, stuff like this would not have happened though. They, like Sasha Jenkins clearly took many many pages pages from the OG Vice. He just um, happens to be a little smarter so I, than them. Well, yeah. The, the thing about... But, the thing about, like, um, Brent Rollins and Chairman Mao, mm-hmm. the rap writer, yeah. and... Uh, what are the other guys? Um, Sasha Jenkins. Uh, yeah, Brent Rollins. A bunch of... Um, a bunch of other people. Is that they're fucking smart as fuck. Sure. So, because Ego Trip was like probably the best rap magazine for a long time. Possibly. Yeah, content. While Your Mom Was Sleeping was really good. Um, Elemental had years that were good. Stress was very good. Mm. Obviously, Source, when it first came out. Sure. XXL for a time. For, for a time. For, for a time. But, anyways, Sasha Jenkins. Oh, Gabriel Alvarez, Elliot Wilson. Um, Sasha Jenkins, a very smart person. And this is like, I think this is 2001. So that was about the time that that Vice was like really coming hard, pause, on the magazine tip. And the problem with that magazine was was it was good. Mm. But it was also very offensive and very like, like very offensive. Yeah. It's It's not like Gavin McGinnis isn't a very smart person. You have to be smart to... 
you don't have to be smart to gain a following like that, but yeah. it helps. Sure. He's sure. he's 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 not dumb. No, oh, no, a thousand percent not. No. Like even like Alex Jones ain't dumb. He knows what he's no. doing. Yeah, to some degree, but yeah, yeah. Look, it's all it's all a kayfabe, man. Yeah. Anyway, Sasha Jenkins, who once who tried to start a rap group with uh, no a rock group with HR from Brad Brains and R.A. the Rugged Man called the White Man Dingoes, that didn't work out, mm-hmm. and so then he restarted it with Murs, and that was that was a little more acceptable. Mm. His father was a director. He made a movie in 1980 mm-hmm. about. Um, a Creole man and a black woman in Louisiana falling yeah. falling for each other yeah. that Richard Pryor was obsessed with. But then he died. Yeah. It's so, a little... It's got like a little Shakespearean, you know, Romeo and Juliet, you know, Capulet Montague type, type deal too because it's about these like... This one family that has this reputation or... And also rumor of just like being better than... Because they are better off than, 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 than a lot of folks. but um. Right. So it's about this, this young man who comes from a Creole family in Louisiana. <clears throat> yeah. And their family, I guess, like, had a mixed heritage. And the film deals with the fact that his family has affluence in a very, like, nonchalant way. Mm. He has a nice car. He has a country house. He goes. He goes to New York to to play sports, but then chooses yeah. instead to be a poet. Exactly, like he, he has that luxury of like, I don't think I want to be a professional athlete. I want to be a writer. Like, yeah, it's that. Like it, that's he, how he's just are. like it's he's fun. just like Dad. I, I'm not going to do hamster style anymore. It's nice, son. <laughs> yeah, and the music's fantastic. It's like it's like a soundtrack that was made for the movie. I mean, right down to some of the songs, some of the songs narr- <laughs> almost narrate what's going on in the scene. Yeah. Chug a lug, chug a lug a lug, as the guy's drinking beer. Right he's on drinking beer. I mean, kind of. And now he's here. What are they gonna do? I'm in love with you. But that whole song, he's like, he's waking up. Yeah. Going to the factory. And like, literally, he he's wakes up, up, he's going to work going at to the, the factory. factory. Like, yeah. But it's it's good, though. It's nice. It's, it's like, it's a movie. Like, the soundtrack yeah. is so so the sound of the movie was was rough. Yeah. But yeah. the but the soundtrack was really good. Well, understand what you know, again, for those who don't this is another one of those like kinda like yeah. discovered so presumably was, lost black films. So it was made in nineteen eighty. Yeah. The director dies before it was before it was like released. Yeah. It disappears. <laughs> Richard Pryor had a jo- had a deal where he would search out um black made films mm-hmm. and then try to bring them to Hollywood but that sort of fell through with this guy passing away mm-hmm. the film disappears is thought to be lost Sasha Jenkins the his, the director's son has not even seen the movie yeah. then eventually it's found a couple of years ago and has just been doing the the art circuit which I think is dumb I mean I, because like if the move, if if these important movies are only being shown at museums for two or three showings, what good does that do anybody? Yeah. If 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 a movie, I, I don't believe in this. Like if a, if a tree falls in the middle of the forest, is anyone there to hear it? If no one's there to see it, this movie's great. You know why? Why is that? Because unlike some of the other stuff, it's not too artsy. Mm. Like some of the lost movies, sometimes are like very artsy or very like serious. This movie deals with difficult content, chilled out style. 
It's not like yeah, his... it wasn't trying to swing for the fences. No, it was just like a, it, it wasn't it... trying to be like we're gonna make an important movie. It's just kind of like let's just make a movie. This is what I have to say. You know, boom. And yeah, I, and I like that about it. This dude falls falls for this young black woman. Yeah. Um, who works at very like, dark skin, by very the way, dark too. skin, and that's, and that's a at yeah. at this historical center. Yeah, and she's like, I heard you're from this family, that's that's mixed heritage, and like, there's all these little threads throughout the movie. Yeah, and you know, it's just it's Romeo and Juliet, but not high, not high stakes. There's yeah. like no death. Sure, there's there's, I wouldn't even really say there's violence. There's there's anger. But yeah, definitely. And I just thought it was damn good. Yeah, I, I yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, well, uh, oh, to counter kind of what you were saying, so it's true when they do these like weird like three night screenings or whatever. I'd say eight and a half times out of ten, though, and we are we saw it with personal problems. We saw it with killer Pers- sheep. But personal problem, no, personal no, no, problems no, no, was no. at least at a movie theater. No, but what I'm, what I'm getting at though is the fact is when these movies do this. Usually eight and a half out of ten times it means there's going to be a DVD slash Blu-ray release. Right. So at least it'll be able to not, you know, you can't consume it in a theater, but these days people have really nice TV. So I, I'm pretty sure it's the same fate as every other, like, you know, from Ganja and Hess, personal problems, all that, which get you can purchase personal problems now. Please get Kino it. Kino Lover, please so, do. Um, um, oh, yeah, thank you. And Kino Lover, shout, they, re- they retweeted what I wrote about... Uh, I wrote about personal problems for uh, RupertPumpkinSpeaks.com, and then they liked it and retweeted it. So that was very nice. Enough, I like but, Rupert. Uh, I like Rupert's yeah. writing. Yeah, he's really I cool. like your writing, too. Oh, thank you. And um, But yeah, so, I, I, you know, again, it's one of those things where, like, unless you're in, like, New York City or L.A., you probably won't be able to see it right now. But I feel like well before this year's over, you'll, you'll, you will be able to, to, to purchase it. So, I, so that's I cool. hope so. That's yeah, my frustration. I, I would think so. That's my frustration. I'm not... I'm not Mad, like the experience that me, you, and Intume got was wonderful. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not complaining about that. Yeah. I just wish that there was a little more availability for people who don't live in cities very with true. with art with art museums. Very very true. Or even like not all cities have a MoMA nope. type thing. No. And um, also, I, I I would love if like Numero Music Group reissued that soundtrack or something yeah because that's very that's very new that's very numero and that would be such a like great special feature like i kind of miss that with certain movies like where the score or the soundtrack comes with 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 the with the dvd that that's like really cool um tape heads which is one of my favorite movies you you, the the tape head special features dvd so certain criterions did, did that also so um it really is such a prominent like part of the film whereas i mean again what what music isn't but this more than like your average you know so and 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 to and to say this uh also i kind of alluded to a few minutes ago this is like i said this is just like how do i say it's just like a singular it's just a small film it's not on the level of like say Daughter of the dust killer sheep and that's kind of what i like about it like every rediscovered black film can't be like a timeless masterpiece but not every movie needs to be that some movies can just be really good or good and and that's totally fine and that's what this is yeah you ever seen whisper of the heart no what's what's that it's a studio ghibli movie oh no 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 but it's like unlike some of the ones that are about like big shit right 
it's about this girl writing a story. Mm-hmm. It's literally just about her writing a short story. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting. Like, all movie, not all movies have to have high stakes. It's all about how you do it. I, I was, agree. I was having dinner with a friend who's a director. And he was saying, like, I don't like cinema so much. And I was like, what's cinema? Mm. You know, because he was saying that sometimes you, you and I, our, our show tends to favor cinema sometimes. But then I was like, what is cinema? And he's like, Lucretia Martel is considered, it was like cinema. And I was like, what about like, so, so what, you don't like Robert Altman? He was like, I like Robert Altman. I'm like, so that's not cinema? It's like, no. Oh, I'm confused. Yeah. I was, I, so I what does, that. so is, is cinema, like Robert what does. Robert Altman just as much cinema as Lucretia Martel. He's more, quote, air quote, more cinema than. Yeah. So what is, 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 what is cinema? I think it's that whole thing of like the difference between like a film and a movie, like highfalutin, res- quote respectable stuff versus like popcorn movies. I think I I, f- I feel like it's somewhere in the of like what your friend was trying to say. I feel like it has it's all in that realm of like that's just a movie, but this is a fine film. This is just a movie. I think that's because like about. yeah, I don't get it. Because then I was like, well, so like Hal Ashby is my favorite American director. Hal Ashby cinema apparently not. Not cinema. It's like a different thing. So it almost like so cinema is just like artsy stuff. Yeah, I think so. World art. No, but see, but that's and that's the other problem too. Because like I feel like a lot of times like American filmmakers don't get mentioned just just because uh, an American film is English speaking, it's not artsy enough or like which is wild, fancy or whatever. Cause, which is cause, ridiculous. Because the, the last detail is slow as fuck. The last detail follows all the conventions of of <clears throat> of a French film. Right, but my but other it's just it's just American. I do. I think well, and I think, and this is true. Like Americans, just like any, like if you're a, Span- a Spaniard or a Spanish person, or you're Japanese, or, like there's certain traits that all cultures and, and ethnicities have. And I think, like maybe there's just something very like blunt, loud, sometimes rude about Americans and Americanism. But it's just like you know. So what? So I see. See now I'm stuck on. So what? Hal Ashby movies are like popcorn movies. Like no, what, so they're what, film. I, I guess there's a difference, so there's a difference between, between film, film and, and cinema. cinema. No, I, I didn't even get into this. Okay. I, that, yeah. This is, no. But it's just like I think that's just you, kind of a pointless argument. Have you statement. ever seen the Russian War and Peace movie? I have not. I'm so pissed because I really. I you, you've been texting about. I've it been a lot. wanting so. So it was made in the '60s, the most expensive Russian film ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, won the Oscars. And they just did a brand new um, remaster, and it's showing at Lincoln Center yeah. in four parts yeah. for a week. And I'm gonna miss it, and I'm pissed. And I hope it comes out on DVD, even though it's not gonna be the same. Yeah. Hey, uh, Bill, if I get the DVD, could we watch it at your movie theater? Oh, that'd be awesome. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> and it's cool to bring up the Bill as a movie theater, right? Because we, cause we, we did an episode. Yes, yeah, we, we did, did a whole episode. one announcing it from, from the bunker. From, from the bunker. From the movie theater yeah. bunker. Oh, what's up, Carlo? Yeah. Um, yeah, also, I saw this, I saw this um, great... I saw this fun movie the other day. Wow. I think Wait After Dark. I think what's it's that? called. It's Audrey Hepburn. Um, Alan Arkin. Oh, I don't know this. Hold on a second. Yeah, wait until dark. Wait until dark. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a fake, it's a fake. It's like like it's a fake Alfred Hitchcock movie. 
Why? Why is it a fake Alfred Hitchcock movie? Because like like when we saw it, we thought it was an Alfred Hitchcock oh, movie. Oh oh oh! Because sure. it's like it's it's very much got like a rear window sort of vibe. Mm. But R. G. Hepburn plays a blind woman, mm-hmm. and Alan Arkin plays this 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 uh, this mob guy trying to get his drugs that were smuggled in a doll that Audrey Hepburn has happens to have. Oh. And the score is by Henry Mancini. Wow. And it's awesome. Okay. And and I think I I'm I think I think Audrey Hepburn might be the most charming actress of all time. Wow. But I've I've already felt that cuz cuz I just love My Fair Lady mm-hmm. and parts of um Breakfast at Tiffany's. Mm-hmm. That Chinese caricature is totally unacceptable. Yeah. But Moon River is possibly my favorite song for a film. Mm. The and Frank Ocean song? No. He covered Moon River and a bunch of millennials were like, genuinely thought Frank Ocean like wrote Moon River. Like it was a new song, Moon River. I was just making. I thought you knew that. I didn't. Yeah, last year it was trending because he just released this. You know, Frank 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 Ocean. I'm a fan of, but he tries to be weird and cryptic, so he'll just randomly release stuff sometimes, which is cool. And then a lot of like 19, 20, 21 year olds are just like, "This song is great." And then they were just like, when they got called out by older people, like, "You know, this is an old song." The whole response was like, "Hey, if Frank Ocean does it, then it's his song." Trying to be like, you know, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested in hearing it. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. Mm It's it's a top five song for me. Um, I think I've said this before, but I remember when I went to South by Southwest many years ago mm-hmm. with my rap group, when mm-hmm. I used to be in a rap group, mm-hmm. um, Kid Koala did this performance of Moon River with, yeah. with three turntables. Yeah. That's just beautiful. Yeah. He's one of those people that really mixed... You know, there there were... There were you're you're a turntablist, so you, mm-hmm. so I feel like you can understand my thoughts. There were like people that were just sort of like, I'm doing scratch routines, and then there were like highfalutin people that were like, I'm taking it to a different place. Yeah. And then there were people like Kid Koala or Qbert, who were like, I'm doing both. No, I was just gonna say, or I was gonna say, I'm taking it to a different place. But I'm not being like a jerk about it. Or I'm not taking myself too seriously. Right. Yeah. Like like Kid Koala and like DJ Kubert and I know there's so many other people. Yeah, of course. Who were just like really, really taking it really like taking it seriously. Yeah. And actually to a certain extent on the first Lincoln Park record, Mr. Hahn mm-hmm. was doing some cool turntablism stuff. Cause there cause in the late in the late nineties there were a lot of DJs in bands. Oh, and, thousand, I was one of them. And aside, yeah, a thousand percent. And aside from your man that you said from Incubus, not a lot of them were... You didn't really understand what they were doing. Yeah. Like, why were there DJs? Yeah. And um, there's some really interesting DJ stuff on the first Lincoln Park record, even though it's not like... Well, there's a whole it's track. It's not like my well, kind there, of music. Yeah, there, there, there's a whole separate... Turntableist track by Mr. Han on that first uh, Lincoln Park album, which I thought was really cool. Like you know, a, how yeah, like a Diamond album to have like a DJ track on it is like you know it's really That's cool. cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And I also I also really liked um, them helping give more exposure to the execution. Oh hell yeah, yeah. Because like more people hearing those people, rest in peace, Rock Radio. Yeah, the better. Absolutely. Like those guys were really more about the technical stuff than like like yeah. not saying they weren't artistic but like no. 
they were technical demons. Like Technical were, demons, but also had... This is another important thing, too, not to turn out too much. They had a foundation in, like, pure, like, rap music. Yeah. Whereas, like, Kubert might, might argue next, maybe next to D-Styles, Kubert might be the greatest scratcher ever. Kubert's very super tech, technical and into, like, the nerdy space lasers and stuff. Whereas, like, you know, you have, the, the, like, the executioners, these are guys who, like, Rob Swift used to do all the scratches for Rock and Nelly, whereas, like, Total Eclipse did all the scratches on Pheromonch's first album. Rock yeah. Raiders scratched for, you know, common... Like, so they're rooted in artifacts. So they're key, rooted in, like, traditional hip-hop, but with, like, scratching and turntablism, which is kind of what set them apart from all, yeah, the, all and, their other and peers. And the thing is, like, like Qbert and Koala, their thing was, like, they, they would scratch like they were playing instruments. Yeah, yeah. And not only were the executioners who started out as the X-Men but were sued by Marvel. Yeah. And I used to have cassette mixtapes they would make. Oh, yeah. And they they mixed a bunch of early... They, I mean, they mixed the sound bombing records, some early stone throw records. The they, sound bomb? No. No, 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 that was the Beat Junkies, sorry. Yeah. I two. loved the... Evil D was one, Beat Junkies was two, and Cypher Sounds was, uh, was three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was a third one? Exactly. Um, shots fired. Um, no, but like, I love the Beat Junkies. I love, <clears throat> I love, I love the X-Men, the Executioners. Um, and what, what the Executioners could do, they took beat matching to, like, because they, were, they weren't just scratching, they were beat matching like yeah. it was nobody's fucking business. Yeah. I went, I went, to, I went to see them at Washington Square Park many years ago. Mm-hmm. So many years ago, Jam Master Jay was there. Wow. Rest in peace. Wow. Um, and they all four of them were doing this juggling routine yeah. with this Timbaland beat where they changed, where they where I they were just doing the weirdest stuff. And it was super cool. Yeah. But then like there's then like I also like when Kid Koala would do this like super like delay, funky, heady version of Moon River. <clears throat> yeah. Versus, like, I remember I was at a party, and I think we talked about this before, but I don't care because it was the most frustrating shit. And this person told me they were an Avant tableist. Ew. And I was like, I was like, I was like, what do you mean? That that means they're not good at scratching. So they found like a weird, they they found some weird title. So I found found a video, and and I was like, okay, so do you use effects? Do you use blah, blah, blah? Yeah. They're like, no, I would never use effects. I would never use, I was like, Oh, so you're just an asshole. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's what. Because I checked, like. I checked out their tape, and it was just like. Yeah, no. Yeah, I know. I know. Which I think yeah. brings us to a great segue, mm-hmm. which was not. I thought we were going to talk about glass, which we will. Yeah. But but talk about dumb art stuff. Well, I was just going to say you mentioned behest. MoMA earlier, and I was like, I oh, that'd be such a good transition. I know. I'm sorry, dude. That's I'm fun. sorry. I wasn't ready. But now I'm ready. Yeah. You had me watch a movie called Velvet Buzzsaw. Yes. From from the writer of, um, and director. Sh- well, no, because he, he wrote he wrote that movie Free Jack. Oh right! Oh of course! Oh I'm sorry! I'm jumping! I'm thinking of Nightcrawler. He, he writer director of, of of Nightcrawler. <laughs> My dad took me to the theater to see Free Jack. Emilio Estevez, Rene Russo, Anthony Hopkins, Mick, Mick Jagger. Jagger. What a weird so Rene Russo, who was yeah. in Free Jack, yes, is also in. Velvet Buzzsaw. Yes, she is. A film starring Jake Gyllenhaal as I guess he was meant to be like the, what's his face? Jerry Saltz, the writer from The, the New Yorker mm. or The New York Times. Mm. Well, I, I like this new era of Jake Gyllenhaal. Like quirky Jake Gyllenhaal. Right. Where I you just, just don't give a fuck. Yeah. So anyway, he plays this art critic. It's like mostly takes place in Art Basel in Miami. Yeah. And 
it's about they find this dead this dead this person dies and this art dealer takes his art and starts selling it and becomes the darling of the art world yeah and I'm watching this movie and I'm like Terry's wig off is pissed no of course art school confidential all, all the way right yeah I'm yes. like yes. Hey, down to the fact that John Malkovich plays the same character exactly, exactly. except more except infinitely more successful in this movie than, yeah. he, than yes. his character True. in art school confidential but I'm like Terry's wig off that Art School Confidential. I rewatched it a couple years ago to see if it was as bad as I remembered. Not a good movie. No, it's not, and that's unfortunate because that, what, what is, makes it sad that was his passion project. Like all the great, think about it. Think about it. even Bad Santa, who he openly admitted. I just like he he enjoyed making it, but it was that was a paycheck movie. Ghost World, Crumb, yeah, Ghost World, Crumb. all that stuff. All those movies are great, and then it's just like he'd been working towards Art School Confidential, and it's just like ah, this movie isn't very good. But, like, so in this movie, the art is made out of, like, blood and guts because the dude who... The artist is probably a, a serial murderer. Yeah. I mean, it's confirmed... That he killed his he, dad. He killed his dad, and it's heavily... Suggested. Suggested that he killed his former boss. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's all we... And that... Of what we know. And then it... But, but... And in Art School Confidential, this dude who's, like, trying to, trying to like, do well in art school... Starts stealing, steals the art of Jim Broadbent, who's a former artist student. Yeah. Of where you know, yeah. Pratt or something. Yeah, one one of those places. Yeah. So so he steals the art of this murderer, who's using blood. Yeah. And guts in yep. the painting. Yeah. And becomes a darling of the art world. Yeah. But that movie was not great. No. This movie, this movie, um, um, not not great either, but it's it's good. It's interesting. It's fun. Yeah, I definitely had nightmares last night. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, it was scary. I have the because because the art so so like the art starts killing people. Yeah. Yes. L- l- uh, yeah. Literally. And like Renee Russo's in it. Tony Collette is in it. Devine Diggs. Yes. Uh, our favorite actor is in it. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch, yeah. There's a bunch of people in it, and um, have you seen the Price of Everything? No. It's a documentary on HBO about like art. Oh no, no. And Saskia and I were like, oh, I guess like people were looking at the algorithms of this of that movie, and also um, uh, Generation Wealth. Have you seen Generation yes. Wall? Yeah, that, that I, feel, I know. Yeah. I feel like they were watching that and they were like, "Oh, let's just do this." And like, Art Basil's hella problematic. Like, it, it's there's sort of been like using art to gentrify Miami. Uh, specifically the neighborhood of Wynwood. Yeah, which is there. For those that don't know, S- Southern Florida or like the Miami area, Wynwood is the Bushwick Williamsburg of of Miami. And also, like spoilers, I- the movie ends. With like a homeless homeless dude finding the, this art yeah, yeah. and selling it for five bucks, yeah. which I think was a direct response to when like uh, a couple years ago Banksy was was giving his prints that are worth millions of dollars, not millions, but a lot of yeah, money, sure. to the to the guys that sell art outside of the museums on Central Park, yeah, and it was like a it was like a like a experiment, yeah. And they and people would haggle and be like, "Oh, can I get this for twenty bucks?" Right, and they, right. Um, and you know who you know who it's like at this point heavily rumored who Banksy is. Yes, we've talked about this. Oh, on my the, bad. On the podcast. It's been a while. Oh yeah, fair the, enough. Yeah, the dude from Mass from yeah yeah the white from guy from Mass. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, um, it makes sense because uh, Goldie pretty much accidentally said that. Yeah, yeah. Because um, they used to be a graffiti crew together. Goldie, yeah, we did talk yeah. about this. Yeah, but yeah. you know, Goldie made Goldie is still making drum and bass music, and it's still pretty good. Is it? Yeah, his last record was nice. Oh, I have I've, to check I, it out. Yeah, okay. I listen to it. I listen to it sometimes because I like drum and bass, man. Just you, it's funny UK artists. How from an American step like oh they're one hit wonders just be, you know from Dizzy Rascal to Tricky to Goldie but like their careers are doing great outside of of, of America but anyway well I yeah. think I think Goldie I don't I don't know what gold like I don't know what Goldie's life is like who also who knows like how much money he needs right I think sure. it's I read an article in Computer Music which is like the only magazine I still buy not every episode not every issue but. Because it just comes with so much great music software. Mm-hmm. There was an article about the what he was using for his new album. Because mm-hmm. I was curious. Because, cause like, aside from like the RZA and Large Professor, like rap producers in the '90s mostly weren't like super gearheads. No, there, there was there yeah. was there was like a canonical gear. You either had the SP, the ASR, or the MPC. Yeah. Then you had, then maybe, you had maybe the S nine fifty, like you had the rack mount, the, deal. and then you had like your techniques, yeah, and that was that was your that was usually the standard fare, yeah. Um, but electronic producers had had insane rigs. I remember mm-hmm. there was there there was um, an album by Fatboy Slim that had his setup mm-hmm. as the picture, mm-hmm. and I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah, and well, like Square Push is another one. Yeah, his studio is is pretty intense. And like, or like, yeah, a- Aphex Twin or whatever. Yeah. They would just like have all this weird gear, which which was not as much of a rap thing. Not to say that there that there isn't a lot of ingenuity in what people were doing in rap. Just it was like it was interesting to see like the gear mm-hmm. machine. Yeah. Um. So I I'm always interested in seeing what people do now. Because people are using less outboard gear because of the difficulty of it compared mm-hmm. to like the the relative ease of making music on the computer. Yeah, um, which is which is pretty interesting. But then again, like Autecra, Autecra, whatever. Autecra, yeah. Like they make all their music like as like a. Do they even make it? Which goes which goes to the art thing because like they they just like they have this. Like a formula that they formula put generator. into a generator and yeah. then they chop it up. Yeah, is that is that making it? Yeah, it is to me. I'll say it is. Sure. Yeah, and then Still, that, that you're remi- doing the work. That reminds me of. I felt like the character of John Malkovich was loosely based off of Damien Hurst, hmm. who like, who who he's the one that sold like the the shark that was in formaldehyde for like seventy million dollars. Mm-hmm. But he also does a lot. He did the he did the skull with diamonds. It's like a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also has a factory of people that make his own make his art. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, this came up by our friend Warren. This is a long time ago. He we 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 were talking about this on an old old podcast. I did I did with him. Yeah, that that whole deal with like. And he's not the he's artist. not the only one. He is absolutely not. Like like um. People are people. It's not been confirmed, but people have noticed that like Kahinde Wiley at, at a certain point got considerably better. Who? Kahinde Wiley. I don't know. He's the guy that I'll show you a picture, and you'll be like, "Oh, that guy." Mm-hmm. 
But um, while you're looking at yeah, so like um, going back, so I I I overall enjoyed Velvet Buster. Oh duh, yeah, right, 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 yeah. Oh, that person came up in conversation also when we were talking about that. Because if yeah. you look, like, if yeah. you look, this is one of his early paintings, right? And this is one of his more recent paintings. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to talk shit. I'm not trying to slander, because I, because I do, I wonder. That's that's the thing. Is like, is is the idea the important thing, or is the, because like, you're you're an you're an, you're an engineer sort architect, right? Architectural draftsman. Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you design a house, mm-hmm. you don't build the house. No. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But if I made a house and I drew it and did all, because there's a lot of work that goes into it, like the people who actually construct and put it up, like I, they're not, they would, they're, I'm not allowing them to claim like, oh, I designed this house. No. You could say you built it. Yeah. But that's secondary. It's like, you know, it's still, it's, it's secondary. So, that, so that's, that's, that's my confusion. Yeah. So... I mean, I'm, I I do think Autechre are are usually talented, mm-hmm. and I think I think Velvet Buzzsaw is 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 fun. Yeah. But it, but also, I really can't stand Netflix's color grading. I hear that. They, I, they need. I'm. They need. Every movie they put out just doesn't feel like a movie. Well, it's also there's this weird like, oh yeah, this is out. Wait, what? Like, hold on. When did this come out? Like, they're they're, they're very much just putting stuff out. They're just putting so much like, stuff like, out. Like, and it's also hard. It's hard to keep up with. But like the closest thing to one of their original movies that had its own feel was Roma. But I think that's because it was black and white. Yeah, yeah. But like, I watched that movie with like Forrest Whitaker about the end of the world. It looked terrible. Mm. Um, I watched that movie with Michael Pena about the end of the world. It looked terrible. I watched that Noah Baumbach movie that we talked about. It looked terrible, and yeah. and I know that that Noah Baumbach he's an he's a quote unquote auteur. Yeah. So something happened in the gradation process. Yeah. And it just frustrates me. Yeah. Because yeah. like because at least like Amazon movies they look like movies. They absolutely do. You know. I'm and I'm very curious now with how these movies look, um, because like I've watched Velvet Velvet Bus. So I watched it on. Uh, a, a good, a decent flat screen TV. I watched it on my phone and I've watched it on my laptop. And each time, yeah, it's just like, this doesn't... You know what I mean? I do think a big part... I'm not trying to sound... I don't know how this sounds, but just like a bit... Like, I just... It has to look like a movie. Like, right. I like movies to look like movies. And, and, and sometimes they, 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 they don't. And that kind of takes me out of it. Because... Cause, and, and, and it's not... Means... Which could lead us to the next point. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> yeah. um, this movie was like maximalist art. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. Yeah, and there was some cool stuff about that. And speaking about maximalist art, but I wasn't quite ready. Oh, um, yeah, because I don't care. Like, like personal problems wasn't filmed classically. No, but it looks like a film. It looks like a film, and also the vibe because so, like it really puts you in nineteen eighty two because yeah, so, that's what so, shit looks so like in nineteen. It's not just the way something is filmed that makes something a film, yeah. because that movie you had me watch, Ivan's Ecstasy. That's also yeah. that's shot on on like are not great no, it's um, not. video camera and it feels like a film yeah. and then this other so quick question are we segueing into glass or high flying bird I thought high flying bird just because okay, I heard nice. you were talking about All right. things I wasn't sure and Netflix movies another Netflix okay, movie because we if we talk about like film maximalism yeah glass was like a maximalist film yes. yeah. it was like it felt like a it felt like a Kanye West album 
Uh, huh. All right. But, so you had me watch High Flying Bird, yeah. which is, I guess, the second of Steven Soderbergh's uh, iPhone films. Sure. Um, and that was a Netflix movie. Yeah. About, that just felt like a late 90s HBO movie. It honestly, it almost it felt like, like a artists. late 90s HBO... There, there you go. I was going to say series, because it's just like... And that's another thing, too. So this... So High Flying Bird, and going back to Velvet Buzzsaw, these also feel like... Oh, could these have just been like... Been like a like like a one off one season series like with with Velvet Buzzsaw each episode a different person dies from a different piece of art right also it sort you of remind me of that movie The Counselor oh yeah a the, little bit that yeah, Ridley yeah. Scott movie yeah. with the Cormac McCarthy yeah. script that no one saw that was actually yeah. pretty good yeah <laughs> or it was like fine and but this movie reminded me a little of the Cormac McCarthy play that was turned into a movie Sunset Limited. Mm. I don't know. Oh, I don't it's an know HBO that. movie where uh, um, Samuel Jackson and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, that fucking! I never saw that. I remember. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I never saw it. It's it's very much an HBO movie. I, don't I mean, it literally is an HBO yeah, movie right, right. where um, uh, Tommy Lee Jones tries to kill himself, tries to jump in front of a train, The mm. Sunset Limited, mm-hmm. and Samuel Jackson stops him. Yeah. And brings him home for coffee, and they mm-hmm. talk, and it's like a play, and it's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's 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 cool. I don't know. This movie just felt so like late nineties HBO, and the color grading was just kept me out of it. And it's like, yo, you want to be hoop dreams so bad, right? I think the most com- again, like High Flying Bird is it's just like this ninety minutes. Just like remind me of Bamboozled. Oh, the film uh, of style? course, of course. And Soderbergh is on. He loves Spike Lee. Um, I think as many you, you could you could pick apart High Feinberg quite a bit, and the, and I couldn't even stop you. The one thing I just think is cool. It's a little obvious to those who know Soderbergh, but I think I, the the whole story of High Flying Bird is just basically it just takes place during an NBA lockout, and this uh, uh, sports agent is trying to be innovative and find ways to give players more power and try to work outside the system. And that is clearly a metaphor to Steven Soderbergh's life, where he's always looking for cool ways to like work, uh, to he's, work he's, outside the system. He's to been do reluctantly kind of, you know. trying. He's been reluctantly trying to do his own thing. Yeah. For about ten years. Yeah. I mean, also, he, I mean, he's been doing his thing since Sex Lies and Videotape. Sure. But, but around ten or fifteen years ago, he's like, I don't want to make studio films anymore. Yeah, because I think he gets bored easily. And I think that's why he's the kind of guy... He's he, stylish. You know, yeah, and we've talked... He absolutely is. And we've talked about this on the Unsane episode where he just kind of... He is... A lot of his career, half of his career, just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. But that's not an insult because I think he's literally doing... I think he's just like experimenting in the sense like this isn't the movie itself isn't experimental but it's just like the way he went about making it how quick he did the rules behind it he's just he is it's another form of experimentation and yeah. sometimes it's 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 really difficult directors who work like that and and there's quite a few from Linklater to Soderbergh to even Fassbender who do the like two three movies a year and just like slow down like let me just get a hold of this one project before you go on to the next it's just too much to you know almost like to some degree you know like 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 a mad lib of of the movie world where it's just like you did this and you did that and you edited this under a different name and it's just like i can't i can't keep up yeah yeah i wish i wish he would make more movies like logan lucky yeah yeah i wish more people saw logan lucky too 
Yeah. Although strange, that movie made money. I had no idea. I thought that was like that. If anything, that movie broke even at best. But it turns out that movie actually turned a profit, which makes me a little happy. But yeah, I, I really, I, anybody, so. I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, uh, it was a hoot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Like this movie was fine. Mm-hmm. I I don't like M. Toomey really didn't care for it. No, you you liked it. it, it yeah, I, I I enjoyed it for what it was. It ain't gonna. I mean, it's only February. It ain't gonna show up on any like my year-end list or anything like that. Maybe that opening scene was cool when they're talking, the, you know, like the rapid-fire talking, but, like, it ain't, like... That was cool. The movie's not gonna... I, I, not to sound like a jerk, but this movie will not be remembered by the end of the year. Are you sure? I say, I say that with confidence. I say that with such confidence. Yes. Yes. Why? Going back to some of the reasons, you know, that I said before, Steven Soderbergh just puts out too much stuff too quickly... Um, you know, it's it, it's literally been well, well less than a year since Unsane uh, came out. You mean Untrance? Untrance, yeah, Untrance. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, you yeah. ever saw it play Top Dog Underdog? No, but I know I know what it is though. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. I just like it felt like it just felt like trying to be like this fast paced play. Yeah. This uh, high flying bird. Yeah. It felt like a play. It also has the look of, you know, my, my, my friend Lodge Kerrigan, uh, uh, girlfriend experience, which makes total sense because Steven Soderbergh is a huge Lodge Kerrigan fan and they've collaborated before. So I think, you know, there's there's that as well. But no, yeah, I don't think High Flying Bird is going to be remembered by, by this time next by this time next year. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think it was like Unsane a popular movie. No, absolutely not. Which is crazy to think because I worked right in Midtown. Like, I'd get off, you know, Penn Station, Madison Square Garden, and there'd be huge ads for Unsane right on the corner of 34th Street and 7th Avenue. Big, huge corner advertisements. And I was just like, this is a bit, like, I remember, you know, this was early, early, early spring. And I was like, really? This is, this getting this kind of advertising? But, well. Maybe they're just, like, trying to push to get people to watch The Nick. Sure. Is that show still on? No, it's not. Um, my friend was in Uber the other day, mm-hmm. and the driver was like, check out my website. Okay. And it's just like this weird website with all these ramblings, and he sent it to me, and like, Uh-oh. this guy wrote... Ramblings will worry the, me. The three-dimensional feeling. Oh, when, okay. When something touches your body, you immediately know the exact location of the part of your body that was touched. Uh-huh. For example, touch the top of your left index finger with right index finger. You will say that you left a touch on your left index finger. However, you know that all your perceptions are created in your brain. Now you can understand that there are some neurons in your brain that feel like they are on the top of your left finger. This type of feeling is a little more difficult to understand than a feeling of color or a feeling of sound. Wait, some some of this guy's... When you said ramblings and cab driver, I just thought it was on some taxi driver. Like, oh, when are these colored people going to get out of New York City? Like, that's no, like that's where my mind goes. Yeah, there's this writing. <laughs> oh man, I feel called, bad. Uh, I feel bad for judging. No, this guy it's before. just like this dude that's writing some like regular shit that he probably thinks is deep. Because I was just about to say that. Cause, yeah, like because he's who knows who he's talking to. Yeah, you know, it's like he's got a. Any growth based on a cellular division type of process is likely to have 
a Fibonacci structure. Okay. Which is like some yeah. shit, like talking about golden ratios, like that's like smoking weed and listening to Portishead. It's, you know, yeah, so my friend Joshua, Joshua. Holy shit. I ate two and a half uh, gummies and then forgot I had to drive somewhere. Jesus. And it was the same route that I always take. And I was listening to Slow Dive, specifically the song called Miranda. And there's a lot of like um, echo pedals and like weird high pitched stuff happening. You tell me. I didn't freak out. But I definitely, I was, I just, it's the same route going from, like, my house to my girlfriend's apartment. And I just remember being like, why are these streets different? It's the same street. And I was saying it, and I was driving way more slower than, like, I normally do. And I was just like, the lights, why are the lights red? I was just very, you know, so I guess what I'm saying, I'm working my way up to PCP. Because this was very, like, hi Doug. what's going on? And also in this, he says, stop empathy squashing. Do you want your future children to be schizophrenic, autistic, or bipolar? If you don't stop squashing your empathy, you succeed in squashing your empathy by modifying your brain. That modification is likely to be passed on to your future children. Okay. So, so be nice yeah. and be empathetic. Yeah. But I just, I, I, yeah, I just read it sometimes because I'm just like, this is awesome. There's just this cab driver who writes down his his deep feelings yeah, on the web. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also sort of reminds me of like that that character on the office the old guy Who? do you ever watch the office on and off yeah there's there's like there's oh he's like, like the random guy yeah that the like, random guy he was like in the army and stuff and has all these like weird stories yeah, yeah him guy. him him yeah 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 i'm gonna yeah figure out crane or something mm-hmm. i don't know yeah um yeah I you know I didn't like the the American Office at first mm-hmm. Creed Creed Bratton okay and then I, I did get into it yeah it's yo, fun when it's on yo right. did you see this movie How to Talk to Girl at Parties How to Talk to Girls no, at Parties no I know what it is but no I, I haven't dude imagine dude I don't know I said huh. like that dude <laughs> imagine dude imagine dude imagine dude imagine ah. <laughs> uh, Imagine like Ellie Fanning playing an alien mm-hmm. that falls in love with a punk rocker in the eighties. Yeah, and it's a sci-fi musical. Mm-hmm. Now, if oh, that it's sounds, a musical, sort of. Oh, 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 okay. So if that sounds awesome. It's great. Nicole Kidman's in it. Also, Nicole right? Kidman is in it. All right, I know. Yeah, okay. And um, it's like it's like if 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 this is England, without the racism, was a sci-fi musical. Huh. I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to feel either, because I'm not sure. It's like it's definitely not as good as This Is England. Mm-hmm. Did you like This Is England? Uh, I like parts of it. I like yeah. pieces of it. It's weird that the that the it's interesting that the actor that plays Bimbo is is part Jamaican. Yeah, and apparently had a lot of trouble playing that character. Right. Right. Because. Oh, he, bamboo. Bamboo. Not bimbo. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So the guy that the guy, the main character who was who who was in um he's Snatch. Jason, yeah, he's Jason Statham's like buddy in Snatch. I guess that's so, what and, he's most yeah, and he for. just he and he's, no, also, no, no. he's also in Michael Mann's Public Enemies. Yeah, and he was also in wasn't he in um Boardwalk Empire? I don't I don't know. I never that watched show. that show. But I heard yeah, he was I in. I don't know. But like it's funny cuz he's such like a he's like such a Larry in in Snatch. <laughs> yeah. But like he 
like he bulked up like he got, yeah, he, he, got he got brolic in yeah, this he England did. he did and um he's part Jamaican yeah. but but he but but phenotypically just looks like a white dude yeah yeah um he you know he looks you know like like slug from atmosphere is uh, is part black and yeah he's also, a quarter black quarter Native American half white yeah and phenotypically looks looks right. more like a white dude. Sure. And I just wanted to use the word phenotypically as much as possible. Nice. So, I, so I sound nice. smart. Because sure. I go to college nice. and I need to prove it. Um, yeah, so I like I like This Is England. I, I never actually watched the TV show sequels. Um, I've never seen those either, but I was so... I saw This Is England IFC and I actually bought the DVD for like super cheap. So I'm curious to see what the whole like, oh, where are they today and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Not not Bamboo, Combo. His name is Combo. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, yeah, I always wanted to know what happened to the guy and like. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good movie. I'm a big Shane. I I, I do like Shane Meadows. Like I like Dead Man. I mean, Room for for Romeo Brass is so great. Uh, Dead Man Shoes is cool. And there's this movie that he people did, need. He did Dead Man's Shoes? Yeah. Dead Man's Shoes, that's the one where the dude, like, he, dude's brother got killed yeah. and he's killing everybody? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that movie's dope. Yeah. If you, you guys... That movie's yeah. good, dude. Yeah, it is. If you, he did a movie... Well, him and... Um, Do you like Submarine? Oh, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Same actor. Yeah, yeah. Patty Considine works with Shane Meadows a lot. And they did this movie called LeDonc and Scorsese. It's about this, like, British rapper. It's, like, a funny mockumentary following this, like, goofy British rapper guy that uh, uh, Petty Considine plays, like, through a music festival. And it's just, like, the name of their group. It's LeDonc and Scorsese, but it's spelled, like, S-C-O-R-Z-A-Y-Z, like, Scorsese. It's really funny. It's a funny random movie. I like Shane Meadows' um, brother, Tim. Sure. He's great, and... um, Superstar. Yeah, and Ladies Man. Yes. Um, and many, many, many... Tony, 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 Tony? Many years of SNL. Yes. Um, yeah, we've talked about this before, but, but Richie Ayoade, who directed Submarine, mm-hmm. was very funny in the not-so-good movie about the Neighborhood Patrol. Yeah, Neighborhood Watch. Yeah. Yeah. He was... There were, there were some really funny parts in that movie. Yeah. Did I tell you that, that Blockers was hilarious? No. It's hilarious. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Dude, no one watched them, but there were three great R-rated comedies last year. Yeah. We, I mean, we I, talked, I, about, I, we talked know, about Game Night. Yeah. We talked about uh, The Spy Who Dumped Me. Yeah. And Blockers, <clears throat> all R-rated comedies. I mean, Ike Barinholtz, I feel like I should... I'll see anything he's in because that guy's funny as shit. He's so. funny in that movie... Um, I, how could he not? He's always funny. Uh, your man, your man, John Cena is—he's a funny comedic actor. Yeah, yeah. Because um, he was—he was like one of one of the only good things about uh, Daddy's Home Two. Mm-hmm. I got sick one day and I watched Daddy's Home Two. It was terrible. Cool. Yeah, as long as you didn't pay money for it. No, I have HBO Go. Good. Well, okay. someone gave me HBO Go. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> and there's a uh, speaking of HBO. Uh, go, John Wick three is coming out this year. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And they're making a TV show about and the Continental. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. gonna be awesome because yeah. the and because also no one watched the fake Continental movie Hotel yeah. Artemis. Yeah, yeah. And there's also like a TV. There's also like a spinoff movie. They're they're doing they're doing some cool stuff. Okay, all right. I'm excited. Yeah. 
Um, also, I didn't realize the director of the first Deadpool movie is the guy that's doing the new Terminator movie. That's coming oh, yeah, out this that year. Um, and I'm pretty excited about that. Mm-hmm. Yo, did you see that movie Serenity? I haven't. You No. I know Armand White liked it. Well, spoilers. Mm-hmm. The movie Serenity, not 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 the movie about the the TV show Firefly. Mm-hmm. Firefly, excellent TV show. Serenity, the movie about it is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Serenity is a movie with Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. Right. Where Mac- Matthew McConaughey plays this dude that's like lives in this island, and Anne Hathaway they used to be married, and Anne Hathaway's like, hey, I'm gonna give you money to kill my new husband. Who is beating me and is not a nice man? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, that's an interesting movie. And then all of a sudden, it's like, actually, Matthew McConaughey, you died, and you're you're in a video game. What? Yes. The fuck? Matthew McConaughey's in a video game where where his that his son designed to help him figure out how to murder his stepdad for beating on his mom. Whoa. Oh, maybe I will see this now. I mean, I just revealed to you the plot twist. No, that's fine. But it's filmed beautifully. Mm-hmm. And you know me, I like that sort of shit. Yeah. I would, I would, ra- I, I, I like it when people take swings, you know. Of course. Yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, I do too. Because when we get into probably one of the last movies we'll talk about today, what I loved mm-hmm. about it is it just take a swing, just try. Yeah. Like when you when you feel like you have to like take a deep breath to describe how what a movie is about because it's so out there. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's about a kid designing a a video game to figure out how to kill his stepdad. Yeah. What? That's crazy. Where the ghost of his dad is a video game. Yeah. That's weird. That's fun. And it's of no surprise that Armin White liked that. Sure. Because, I mean, that's the formula. Out there movie that no one likes. Oh, of course, yeah. Yep. Armin White will probably like it. Yes, he will. Um, it's of no surprise that he did not like the Spider-Man movie that everyone loves. Yeah, right. Because it's just like, you know, it seems like, I don't know. I would love to talk to that man, see what's going on. Yeah. What, do, did he like Glass? Uh, oh, I, I don't think he reviewed it yet. I don't think he reviewed it. Cause that that, that one I'm hard. I would be. In, I can't I, guess. I, I I that one I can't call if he would like it or not. Did he like Unbreakable? I don't know. I have no idea. I feel like he pro. I feel like he probably thinks Lady in the Water is M Night Shyamalan's of course best he does. movie. Of course he would. Um. It's uh, M Night Shyamalan looks through a glass politically. Uh, oh, we did. Re- okay. He did review it. I okay. can't tell whether it's a good or bad review. Um, I mean, I actually do really like Lady in the Water, but that is because I just I like the absurd. I like mm-hmm. absurdity. I like it when when people just really go for it and try to do stuff. Not not like not unquestionably. Like I I really it's not like I like it's not like I really like Batman Four. You know. Right. That movie is is a little too ridiculous for me. Yeah, it is. Batman and Robin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. However, I really did like Lady in the Water because it was just it was so ridiculous. I think I'm gonna rewatch that soon. Mm. 
But yeah, we went to see Glass. Yeah, you and I. Yeah, because because I just wanted to hang out with you, and yeah, you man. know, uh, you're my friend. And sure. I care about you. And you and I loved Unbreakable. Yes. Liked Split. I, I guess I should say I really like both. I don't know if I I, I really like both. I like them e- e- equally. I like Split and Unbreakable. Yeah. See, I love Unbreakable, mm-hmm. and I recently rewatched it again to make sure that I was correct, mm-hmm. and I do. Yeah. And I, but I was like crying throughout the whole shit. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I was crying through much of Glass, but mm. I think that's because also you know, stuff. And I thought Split was good. Uh-huh. You liked you liked really Split liked a lot. Split. Yeah. And so Unbreakable, two thousand one, and that Shalomar movie about this guy realizes, played by Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. realizes that he has superpowers. Yeah. And. Um, Samuel Jackson plays this comic book collector, brilliant mastermind, who turns out to be a bad guy. Yeah. Who was arranging these catastrophes to to try to find a superpowered person. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he ends up in an insane asylum, mm-hmm. and Bruce Willis' his character decides to try to be like a low key superhero. Mm-hmm. And then Split is about. James McAvoy is this guy with multiple personality disorder mm-hmm. who who is who kidnaps these cheerleaders and is killing them to become the whore, to become like this super powered being. Yeah. And only one and then the actress from The Witch or Anya the Taylor or Taylor. the or the Witch. Yeah. Um is is the only person to escape. Yeah. And then at the end of Split because people just think it's like the Sam Shalomar movie, and then at the end they were able to get the rights. They start talking about it, and then Bruce Willis's character from Unbreakable is at a diner. Yeah, and he's like, "Mr. Glass," and I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I, I didn't either. I had no so, idea either. They, so, they did a really good job of keeping that. Because I saw, um, Gla- by the time I saw Split, it was like out of the theaters, and I still had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. And that's, and that's more impressive that you don't know, because you're like more on film verse than I am. And I also sometimes seek out spoilers for movies, just oh. to, I, I don't know why I do that to myself, but yeah. Oh, that reminds me, one thing that I really like about Velvet Buzzsaw was that the, that the main character was a long-form criticism writer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I had written about and what, what I wrote about it. See, I, 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 knew, like I yeah. knew not to read your article, because yeah, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to, one know that like it it makes sense that we're good friends that have a podcast together because we have similar thoughts yeah and two i didn't want to get influenced sure but i i love long form criticism if it's good and yeah there's a uh michelle huelbeck movie about not movie book about art criticism that i thought was really cool mm-hmm. he's a complicated character but he's a good writer Seems like a very unhappy person. Mm. Anyway, you were talking about glass. Yeah. Um, so I lost my shit when yeah. I when 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 he was in there and they said they were making a third one called yeah. Glass. Yeah. Where all of it where all of it was going to come together. Yep. And then we went to see it. Yeah. And it, so in it, um, because the world doesn't have a lot of supervillains in that world, Bruce Willis's character has been going around like. Stopping robberies and shit. Yeah, yeah. With his son, played by the same actor. 
Mm-hmm. And like what I really loved was like you could really feel their their love and chemistry. Oh, of course, yeah, definitely a lot of chemistry, and also not that, but like even uh, the comic book guy from Glass was the comic book guy from Unbreakable that was yeah. trying to kick Samuel L. Jackson out of the store. Like you know, they they get like the little details like that. They brought everyone back except Robin Wright, but yeah, I'm surprised they never made a sequel to Hancock. I thought they were supposed to like there were talks of it. That's a movie that's like, <coughs> it's watching two movies. The first half and the second half are two different yeah, movies. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. The first half is good. The second half is not. Yeah. That, that's a movie that, that I like that it took a swing, but it, it really missed the second half. Sure. But, so in this movie, Glass, all three come together in an insane asylum mm-hmm. where this woman is trying to convince them that they don't have powers right. that they're not special Sarah Paulson Sarah Paulson and I just really liked it I did too I mean there's <clears throat> are we doing spoilers in this uh... Uh, spoilers I think I guess I had a couple like medium issues and one mild issue but the biggest thing is I do I just to me this was a problem and others could call your nitpicking but I just feel like the way Bruce Willis died was a bit, like, cheap. Like, I understand his weakness is water. So he was in water and he was, like, weak. But just to get, like, some faceless SWAT team guy just, like, drowns him. I just thought he could have died in a more grand way. But that, you know. And I also find it strange that, like, it turns... So, like, Bruce Willis's son, who's essentially the, the, the you know, the, the, the Robin to his Batman. Yeah. Could just kind of freely come and go. Like, he was part of the... They, like, didn't capture him. I thought that was a little strange, like, why he was free and they didn't... Yeah, there were... I mean, there was some plot armor. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I still... Look, it's like... This is, like, close to... It's two decades worth of, like, a a, a comic book universe outside of, like, Marvel and DC and Image or whatever, whoever is, you know, delved in, 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 into the comic to move, move, movie room. And I, it's very ambitious to kind of be dedicated to something for over two decades. I just, what I liked about it, you know, because I, I enjoyed the superhero movies from last year, mm-hmm. but, like, none of them were, like, were, like, ultra-memorable I mean, Black Panther was fun, mm-hmm. and I did like a lot of stuff about it, but what I liked about Glass was it was, it was its own thing, mm-hmm. hits and misses and all. Like, there, there, there were some tremendous misses. Like, it almost felt like one of those, um, you, know, you know, as we've talked about, that there's a whole genre of direct-to-video Bruce Willis movies. Yeah. Where Bruce Willis is in these movies for like a third of them, and yeah. they come out all the time. Yeah. Have you seen Marauders yet? No, I still haven't. Dude, no. yeah. I like that movie. I watched it twice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Adrian Granier, Bautista, uh, Christopher Maloney, mm-hmm. Bruce Willis. Yeah. It's good. It's a good movie. Okay. Uh, really enjoyable. Has like has like the little things that make like those movies good. Yeah. And, you know, my, my issue with this movie was there actually wasn't, like, a ton of Bruce Willis or Samuel Jackson or James McAvoy. Hmm. 
Yeah, I guess it's all spread out. It's spread out so much. And yeah, spoilers, like all the characters die. The main character, the the three characters die. Yeah. All part of this Machiavellian plan by Samuel Jackson that also sort of mirrors the last season of Heroes of revealing. So the, the twist of it is that Sarah Paulson is part of this secret society that has been stopping superheroes from happening for 10,000 years. Yeah. So in this universe, basically, which, which, was, which is something that, that has been talked about in other superhero movies as well, that the presence of superheroes creates the presence of supervillains. Like, like physics. So like, for the challenge of Superman, you have to have a very powerful villain. Mm-hmm. So this this secret society is stopping that tries to nip in the bud whenever this thing happens. Mm-hmm. Because cause once there's a superhero, there's a supervillain, and it, it just um, gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, and I just, and so so and then at the end of the movie, it turns out that Glass is, was filming the whole thing, and got and gets the video to Ann Taylor Joy the actress that plays his mother and Bruce Willis's character's son. Yeah. And they decide to release it to the world and yeah. see what happens. Yeah. And I was crying, dude. Yeah. I don't know. I just liked it. I just liked the movie. I liked it too. I did. It's a, it's a fun... Yeah, I, I liked it. I think there's that, that weird still, that weird residue. Although I thought he shook it because mo- more people like Split than not. Split Split was a success. But I think prior to Split, there was that, there was that period. There's that... No, the in- movie before Split was a hit. No, the grandparent movie. Yeah, that movie was was, <laughs> it was so was a, terrible. I saw that no, in the theater. I mean, that movie was was bad. I didn't. Th- I thought that's that movie. One, that's one of them. Uh, that's one of them found video. Movies. Yeah, yeah. Carlo likes that genre. Yeah. I oh, I thought that movie was like a flop. I had no idea. No, I think it did well. I was very upset because I went to go see that movie, and me and my friend who went to go see it, we were deciding should we go see the gift or this, and I should have and I should have gone and see the gift. You could have gone and seen the gift. I could have. Yeah. And I mean, the gift is a really good movie. Yeah, it is very, uh, very good. Yeah, it's, um, which is a funny little connection. It's white, white old boy. White old boy, because I went to go see Kinky Boots yesterday on Broadway. What? Yeah, um, it was good, and I forgot because I saw the movie and I was like, oh wait, Joel Edgerton was the guy in Kinky Boots. I remember Chiwetel. I had no idea. Tiki Barber's in it. Is in the is in uh, Kinky Boots on Broadway. It's very weird. Tiki Barber, the former New York Giant, doing his thing on Broadway, singing. Really? Yeah. Yeah, The Visit made $100 million. What the fuck? Off of a $5 million budget. People like those oh. People like those video movies. I know they do, but I thought they didn't like that particular one because it's not a good I mean... The, 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 the reveal is kind of funny. I do, yeah. I do. Like, oh, shit, that's kind of cool. But overall, the movie's dumb. Yeah, I didn't care for it. Yeah. I mean, for the most part... I mean, there are people that hated M. Night Shyamalan from Jump, but yes. but for the most part, it was Signs that really, after Signs, people yes. started turning on it. Yes, they did. I was one of them. I liked Signs. I still like Signs. It's dumb, but I still like it. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a movie that we watched. Oh, yeah. That movie with the, with the, with the, with the, with the monsters that don't like sound. Oh, a quiet place. Yeah, the quiet place was like science too. Yeah, it was. But science, science was like, 
like the village people were done with him. Yes. That was a rough one. Yeah. The village was rough. I don't know, dude. I like Lady in the Water. Mm. I, as someone who really loved the Avatar cartoon series, mm-hmm. the movie was rough. I'm very excited for the Netflix series coming in 2020. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the original Bird Box movie that he did about the trees. Oh shit! That movie, The Happening. Yeah. I did not care for. No, it was really bad. And we talked about this. The Will Smith movie was was not was not. After Earth. No. Yeah. Well, he's done a lot of stuff. As you're saying these movies, I'm like, oh yeah, he did do that. Yeah, I mean, people hate him. But also, yeah, but that's love like pylon culture too. It's, just, it's like fun to not like M Night Shyamalan to some degree. Yeah, but you know, much like him and my beloved Wachowskis. Oh yeah. They, they're just they're trying shit, and I appreciate mm-hmm. I appreciate people trying stuff. Yeah. You know, even even if it's a miss, yeah. I wonder what the Wachowski. Do you think the Wachowskis will ever make a Hollywood film again? Sure, of course. Really? Why, Why wouldn't they? Because they're because I don't think they've had a success in a long time. I mean, the last thing I'm Cloud Atlas is the last thing I remember. They they had to have done something since Cloud Atlas, right? That was like six yeah, they years did ago. Uh, Jupiter. Oh yeah, yeah. Jupiter Rising. Oh. All right, or Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter right. Ascending, which I liked. Yeah. And they did Sense Eight, which I mm-hmm. liked a lot. Well, did they do? I, I thought they just like created and produced it. They didn't actually like direct it and write it though, right? Sense Eight, or it's all them. Well, so it was them the first season, with um. Oh. With J. Michael Straczynski. Mm-hmm. And then the second season was just one of the Wachowskis because the la- one of the Wachowskis was also revealed to be trans but was outed about it and mm-hmm. sort of needed some time to uh, deal with it. Mm. And I, I really like Cloud Atlas and I really like Speed Racer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, v for Vendetta, which they sort of directed... Mm-hmm. I guess I mean that was terrible yeah. James McTeague anything you're excited for uh, at this point it's just stuff to see I'm, I'm excited for more people to see High Life when it comes out <clears throat> I think so, it's gonna be a, I think it's gonna be a hit I definitely do um, I'm, I'm excited uh, oh okay what's it called uh, so it looks like out of nowhere uh, Chloe Zhao the director of the writer uh has been making a movie kind of somewhat secretly and it's going to be coming out this year. It's with Francis McDormand. What? Yeah, yeah. just got... It it was announced the other day. Oh, Kelly Reichardt has a new movie coming out. There's not a lot of info about that. Um, So I'm definitely... I'm I'm always excited about any Kelly Reichardt. Oh, The Mountain. We're finally getting more... There's finally more traction and it looks like um, it's coming out in the summer. It's officially... uh, It got picked... I forgot who is distributing it but the, The Mountain finally got picked up and I think it's coming out in August. I believe okay. so. I can. I and my my friend Dustin, my friend Dustin Dustin Guy DeFay, who directed Person to Person, mm-hmm. he co he was one of the writers on the Mountain. Yeah, and he has agreed to be on the show. We just yeah. have to go to his house. Okay. Um, and so I'm excited about the Mountain. I'm excited for new Kelly Reichert. Um, yeah, I think if I I hope the world starts watching Claire Denis movies. Yeah, I think it's slowly. I just find, yeah, I just, I, I want it's them to hilarious watch. Hilarious yeah. because she's like seventy. Yeah, that too. You know, a lot of people. It's it is what it is. I'm not trying to complain, but a lot of people 
claimed to love Claire Denis and like her movies, but they started at, you know, white material, and it's kind of like, ah, there's... There's two decades prior of, of her work. That, honestly, is not that difficult. So right. Some movies are but absolutely be, hard to find. But some to, movies are But aren't. to be fair, White Material is one of the best movies about unpacking white privilege. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, if someone's like, I want to understand white privilege, what's the first movie you'd recommend? I'd be like, White Material. Yeah. So, yeah. Because she yeah. understands it in a way that, that she deals with it in a way that... that not people, not many people do. In yeah, a, in a really smart way. Sure. Um, yeah, that movie. I mean, I've been slowly making my way through her filmography because when I discover someone I like, well, I didn't discover you put me on. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, find out everything too quick. Yeah. I want to be able to really savor the flavor. Sure. Like, like you put me on to Olivia Oliver Sayas, mm-hmm. and he has a lot of movies. He has a lot. Yeah. So, but I didn't even. I also didn't realize that I had seen movies of his already, mm-hmm. like the Nick Nolte movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, Clean. Yeah, yeah, that movies. That movies a motherfucker. Yeah. Oof, yeah. that's a rough one. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think about things that I'm excited about. There's a movie that our friend Bradley Cornish was saying that looked really good, but I forgot what it's called. Mm-hmm. That I really wanted to see. And um, I really, I've been thinking about the movie Mandy a lot lately. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. It's better better than I thought. I mean, I've only watched it that one time with you. Um, I like this minor Bill Duke uh, resurgence. He's showing up in you know, Dude, Bill, High Flying Bill Duke, sh- in, sh- Bill Duke uh, just yeah. showed up in High Flying Bird like nobody business. Yeah. Uh, Under the Silver Lake. Did you see that? No, I still haven't seen that. I want to see that. And also, did you see the movie where Shia LaBeouf plays a Bible salesman or whatever? No. Was it a Bible salesman? I heard it was really good. And there's that movie, Bisbee 13. Yeah, that, but, uh, Bisbee 17. Bisbee 17. Two amazement. But it just hasn't, it hasn't come out. Yeah. I've been, I've been looking for it. Mm-hmm. And I would love to watch it. But, and that's my, frust- that's my frustration. Like Maybe we can hit because the, the, the director... Uh, follows me on Twitter, and I didn't even realize this until recently. So maybe we can kind of talk to him behind the scenes and set something up, have him on the show, get a screener, blah blah blah. I'm sure a guy yeah, like well, him with a film like that would want that movie to get as much traction and get out there as much as possible. American Honey, have you seen that movie? Oh, duh, yeah, yes, the Andrea Arnold movie. Yes, I did see it. How was it? It was all right. I. I I have a weird relationship with Andrea Arnold. I want all of her movies to be good, and they're not always good. But it, I mean, it's it, it's cool. It's cool to watch. It's cool. That's it's another. Movie. You said on the It's another Riley Kehoe movie. Who she's just showing up everywhere. Good for her. Yeah, that's a movie I've been heard. I've heard was really good for for uh, for questioning um, capitalism. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Man. All right. Well, we're back. We are. We're. You know, if we decide to take breaks, we'll do that. But I think I think we're back to to doing a doing a weekly gym jam. Yeah, thanks so, for uh, folks being patient and everything and understanding. Yeah, Marcus, love yeah. you, man, and love you too. Uh, we'll we'll catch you on the flip. <laughs>